Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Look, look at this today. This is so fun. So today's a little different. We're doing a message in a little bit different way. Uh, We got one, two, three, four, five, six of us up here, which means it's going to be six times as good and six times as long. Yeah. I hope you guys are ready. He already said buckle up and lean back. That's what I'm saying. We got a long ways to go today. No, it's going to be a great day, and I'm so excited. This is our OKC community pastoral team, and we're doing a collaborative message today together, and we're really, really excited about it. And uh, listen, here's the thing. I'm going to play host for a few minutes because here's what I know. I know that all, a lot of you know people up here. You're friends with them. Some of you are like, I know them really, really well. Some of you are like, but there's a lot of us in here. There's a big enough church that you don't know everybody up here that well. And we just thought, hey, we should take the time to just real quick introduce, kind of have a little bit of a moment for each person. So if you don't know them, that you get the chance to meet them. If you don't, if you're new, my name's Tim. I'm the pastor here. But this is our team, right? And we'd love to just kind of jump in and introduce each person. So we're going to start over here. This is Leslie. Everybody say hi, Leslie. Hi. Yeah. So Leslie, um, I just want to say this real quick before she shares. She's going to share an answer to one of those three questions in just a moment. All right. But before she does, I just want to say Leslie's been a part of us, part of this church since the beginning, almost 10 years. She's been on staff for almost eight years. And here's the thing about Leslie. Like, she is your friend before you even know her. Like, she has such an encouraging spirit and an encouraging heart. She's for you before you know her. You know what I mean? How many of you guys are thankful for not only the creative abilities that she brings to this church, but who Leslie is, right? Right? So, Leslie, we're going to actually have a point today, but we're going to do this first. Leslie, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's your question you're answering? That was so nice. Wow. Um... I'm not going to lie, my, I get kind of overwhelmed by making decisions, and so my brain kind of like rainbow-wheeled by all of those questions, and I really got stuck on the one about what apps would you leave on your phone. Like, there are so many good apps. Like, what am I going to do? Um, but I think if I really were to, like, search my heart, my real answer would be I would just download TikTok three times. <laughs> I, I don't need anything else. That's all so I So Leslie will be down here later. You can pray for her. Okay. Um, <clears throat> All right, uh, well, let's talk to Scott next. Everybody say hi, Scott. Scott Scott and his wife Angie, his kids Noel and Noah, they came on staff here in 2019, and here's what Scott is. Scott is like the people pastor, you know what I'm saying? Like, he is so good at just making everybody feel like they're a part, getting people connected in so many amazing ways. So thankful. Angie and him are like, they're always open in their home. They're like the most hospitable people. We like overrun their house all the time. So thankful for Scott. Are you guys thankful for Scott? All right, what's your, what's your question, bro? All right, well, this is going to date myself a little bit, but uh, uh, okay. I'm going band. And I'm going to go with a solo and a band, Phil Collins and Genesis. Oh, as in like... Genesis, some people are like, isn't that like a book in the Bible? They don't even know Genesis, man. Hey, man, you dated yourself. Uh, well, let's go over to Hannah. Hannah, you're up. Everybody say hi, Hannah. Hi. Hannah has this special gift of compassion. I don't know if you know Hannah yet, but she, she, she loves people. She, when anytime there's a need, she's going to be the first one to raise her hand and say, I want to help. And, and she wants to serve that need. And here's the thing about Hannah. I just love how compassionate, that's probably why she's a licensed counselor. Like she has this 
compassionate heart, this kindness to her soul that we all love. How many of you guys love Hannah? Come on, all right, yes. Hannah. Wow, well, thank you so much. Uh, my question was any skill, I think that's the way it was phrased, any skill that you could learn, I would want to instantly know all the languages. That's okay. what I would want to Okay. Instantly smarter. That's good. You need to go talk to uh, Leslie over there. Yeah, <laughs> she wants to get smarter. I'm just on TikTok. <laughs> I can learn a language on TikTok. All right, moving on. Isaiah over here. Everyone say hi, Isaiah. Isaiah officially joined our pastoral team back in June, but he's, he and Corey have been here since 2016 as a part of our church. And here's what I love about Isaiah in so many ways, his, like, his humble and, and, and patient heart that he lives with. He's had a calling in his life for a long, long time that God would call him to do what he's doing now. And he was humble about it. He was patient about it. He was knocking on the door. How many, times you, how many know you got to knock longer than you think, right? He knocked and knocked and knocked, and God finally answered. And now he's here with us, and we're so thankful for him. How many guys love Isaiah? All right, man, what you got? Uh, okay, so my answer changed a little bit throughout the week. Um, a, a skill that I would like to develop, I'd like to be able to whistle like Scott. Have you guys, has anyone heard Scott whistle? It's yes. in, I can whistle, but it's incredible, like it's professional. Yeah. <laughs> whistle it's the all day, every day. That's what I'm working on. I'm like, ah. Uh, love it. Well, uh, last but not least, best for last. Everybody say hi, Christy. Hi, Christy. If you don't know, I'm married to this one. Um, anyway, uh, Christy serves our church in so many ways, and obviously she's one of our worship leaders. She's uh, our director of worship leaders. She does a lot in the area of worship, but so many other things in our church. And here's the thing. I love her relentless passion for not only God, but this church. Like, it never turns off, guys. Like, it is all the time. She never grows tired of anything. Like, I want you to know that this woman right here, like, is in love with Jesus. Like she worships by herself, guys. Like she's like, she didn't need the, she didn't need this to worship. She worships all the time. And I'm so thankful for her heart and, and that she just continues to push us forward as a church. So Christy, what you got? Oh, do y'all love Christy? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to uh, share one skill that I would love to have Maybe some of my friends here can help me with it at some point. But I would love to have, I've always wanted to have the best dance moves at the party. <laughs> I think you do. I think you do. Her it's family's all, seen her dance. Her family yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah. You always want to see it? No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's good. Well, listen, we're, so what are we doing today? Uh, we're doing more than just having fun, but we do want to have fun. We want to actually do a message today, a collaborative message called Live the Values. Everyone say, Live the Values. Live the values. And we want to talk about the things that we care the most about as a church. We have six values as a church. And just to be clear what a value is, I'm going to have Isaiah kind of read this kind of longer definition of what values mean. I know most of you know, but check this out. Values are basic and fundamental beliefs that guide or motivate attitudes or actions. They help us to determine what is important to us. Values describe the personal qualities we choose to embody to guide our actions, the sort of person we want to be, the manner in which we treat ourselves and others, and our interaction with the world around us. They provide the general guidelines for conduct. Mm. So that's pretty good. Like that gives you like deep, deep in like what is a value. And so we want to talk about the things, like I say, that really matter 
to our church. We have values that are based upon the scriptures, of course, that Jesus teaches us, but really he teaches us about a way to live. Like how are we gonna live? Who are we gonna be? What's the stories we're gonna tell? So we wanna dive into that and we have six values and real quick, we'll introduce those to you. Who's starting us? Reaching people. Extravagant love. Passionate devotion. Courageous faith. <laughs> Spiritual family. And doing things that matter. We did that real smooth, right? <laughs> We got Perfect. that. We got that down. So here's the thing. We, we're going to tell some stories today because here, how many know that if you're going to have a value, you need to be able to live that value? Like if you're going to say you live the values, there should be stories that represent it. Like have you ever had a job and someone says, hey, the corporation or the company says, oh, we value having fun, but you're, nobody's having any fun? <laughs> I was at a church one time. They said they, they valued having a blast. I looked around. I was like, no one's having a blast. <laughs> like you got to have stories if you get, say you're going to value it. You know what I mean? And, and here's the deal. We have these values and we want to make sure we have stories that go with them. There's an amazing, uh, there's so many amazing stories of Jesus, but one of them in, in Luke chapter 8, he's, he's just healed this demon-possessed man, this guy who'd been suffering for years. And, and, and after he was healed, of course, this man, his life had been changed. He's like, I want to follow you, Jesus. Jesus is about to leave. And, and he's like, I'm going with you. I'm going to go with you wherever you want to go. And, and that makes sense. But Jesus says to, them, says to him in verse 39, Luke 8, verse 39, he says, I want you to return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. And sometimes I just, I just want to make a really simple point. Sometimes that's all, that's all God's asking us to do. He's just asking you to tell the stories about how much he's done for you in you, through you. Tell those stories. So we want to do that a little bit today. We want to talk about our values, but we want to tell some stories as well about the way God is moving and the things that he's done. So we're going to go through each value one at a time. All right, let's start with reaching people. So you'll see it up on the screen. I'm going to read it out loud to us right now. It says, every life matters to God and to us. So we are crazy about reaching people for Christ and seeing God transform lives. Man, I am so excited to get to talk about this value today. Um, so here's what I want to do. I am going to share just a little bit of my personal experience with this idea of reaching people. And then I'm going to tell you just a quick story about how we're seeing God move through this value in our church right now. Um, so for me, and maybe for many of you, as a young Christian growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, a version of this value was made to be kind of everything for me. Um, so much of my church experience was framed around the question of who are you inviting to church and who are you leading to Christ? Um, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, right? Like those ideas are at the forefront of this value for us. It's our hope that all of us as followers of Christ would be able to say that we have had a life-changing encounter with the living God and that that relationship then drives us to want the same thing for other people, right? Like we know how good God is and so we desperately want everyone to know him. But the value of reaching people for us as a church doesn't stop there. Um, how many of you are glad that once you become a Christian, your life doesn't stop mattering to God? We say that every life matters to God, and so that includes you as followers of Christ. Um, so we as a team have been talking about incredible stories tied to all of these values for the last few weeks. Um, but to kick us off, I want to introduce you to Caleb and Morgan. There they are. 
Love that picture. <laughs> Caleb and Morgan uh, started coming to our church in, last December. And when they started coming here, they were brand new to Oklahoma City. Uh, Caleb is in the Air Force. Morgan's a teacher. So when they moved here, they were brand new to the city. They uh, didn't know anybody. They were starting new jobs. So how many of you would say that when you are in a major season of transition, the most fun thing to do is to find a new church? <laughs> yeah? Of course not, but they did. They found their way here, and then through OKC Community, they found their way to Alpha, where they were able to ask big questions and really kind of grow in their faith. Um, I got a chance to talk to Caleb, and he specifically said, we had all of these lingering questions, even though we grew up in church, we had all of these lingering questions that just felt too embarrassing to ask. And Alpha provided a space where they were able to dive deep, ask big questions and kind of have those conversations with a group of people who had a lot of the same questions. And so this community and Alpha met them where they were. Um, it reached them during a season that could have been really chaotic or stressful for their faith. And instead they found friendships, connections, and ultimately a deeper relationship with God. Um, so much so that they are now in this next season of Alpha, they're gonna help lead a group, which I think is so cool. Yeah. So that's the kind of church that we want to be, right? We want to be a church that reaches people wherever they are, whether that means creating spaces for people to feel comfortable to meet Jesus for the first time or encouraging people of faith to go deeper with God and continually experience the life-changing power of Jesus. Um, we say in the language of this value that we are crazy about reaching people, which may sound a little aggressive. Um, <laughs> But we have seen what God can do in people's lives, and so it feels like a good value to be fired up about and a little crazy about, right? So we're gonna do this for each of these values. I want you to say it with me. Say reaching people. Okay, our next value is extravagant love. And um, it says, we recklessly love God, one another, our neighbors, our city, and the world. Love never fails. I'm truly excited to talk about extravagant love. And obviously, anytime you think about extravagant love as a believer, your first thought is going to be Jesus. This person who shared such unconditional and self-sacrificing kind of love. And matter of fact, in John 15, 12, Jesus said this. He said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Such a powerful verse. And we have so many people in our church, guys, who live out this idea of extravagant love. Whether it's people that serve on our serve team every single week, over 200 people serve on our serve team. Whether it's people that are part of our Love the City team that go out into, uh, to serve with the homeless or to serve with Restore OKC. We have hundreds of people monthly who are having an impact on people's lives right here in our city. But there's one group, as I was thinking about this idea of extravagant love, that I wanted to share about with you today. And it's just a group of three families in our church who decided that even outside of church, that they wanted to have an impact. The Millers, the Tossics, and the Nassers. As you guys know, come on. <laughs> about, about a year, year and a half ago or so, there was a group of Afghan refugee families 
that were moved into Oklahoma City, uh, over a thousand, and they decided that they were going to adopt one of these families. And these, these people had nothing but the clothes on their back when they came. They helped them find a place to live. They helped them get furniture and clothes and help them get food at the beginning. And uh, everything, I mean, the details, you can imagine the things that you need to actually live all the way down to the silverware that they use when they eat dinner at night. They helped them with all of that. But it didn't stop there. Then it was, wow, we've got, we've got to work on the paperwork for your citizenship. And had to teach the father how to drive. He had never driven before, particularly with the rules that we have in the United States. And then help them get a car. They even actually had to get a marriage certificate because in Afghanistan, they don't use marriage licenses. And so they actually threw, just like a week and a half ago, a wedding ceremony for this couple who has four kids and have been married for a long time, (laughs) but but threw them a little marriage ceremony. And they got their marriage license. You know, this family, they're not going to be able to repay them, most likely. At least not for a long time. For the sacrifice that these families gave to them was extravagant love. And as I think about us as a church family and how we want to be, can you imagine the impact that we can have not only in our church body on Sunday mornings, but in our city if all of us loved like that with an extravagant kind of love just like Jesus? So say it with me, say extravagant love. Extravagant there we love. go. All right, next value, passionate devotion. We are tired of mediocre versions of faith, so we are over-the-top passionate about prayer, worship, scriptures, and the pursuit of God. Yes, yeah, so uh, as the value says, we are so tired of mediocre versions of our faith, and yes. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited that I get to talk to you about this because it's a value that I, number one, really care about, and number two, I just have a lot of personal feelings about. So um, a huge way that we, a few years ago, decided to really get into this value was through prayer. If you've been around here for any length of time, you've probably heard us say everything begins and ends with prayer, and um, man, we believe that around here, especially now that I think we've experienced it. Like, man, we believe that around here. And I remember um, last time we did nonstop prayer, there was a group from OCU that came to pray uh, for their hour in the middle of the night, I think like 2 a.m. And they did their hour of prayer, and then they noticed that the next hour of prayer, the 3 a.m. shift, wasn't coming. And um, not naming any names or anything, but um, <laughs> you probably know who you are. No big deal. <laughs> Um, we got over it. <laughs> so anyway, um, they uh, went to our security guard at the time, which was Scott, um, and said, hey, can we pray this next hour as well? And of course, Scott was like, yeah, totally. So then they prayed for the next hour as well. And um, I remember Scott telling us the next day, and then we actually got to see them the next day, which was super cool. All of us did. And like the Holy Spirit just coming off of them and the peace coming off of them and like their passion to pray and what those few hours did in the middle of the night, like really increased our faith. Like it was just such an amazing thing to see like this kind of small thing, but made a huge impact in their lives and then affected our lives as well. And I know that there's probably tons of stories like that. I remember in 2018 when we first started nonstop prayer, um, so many people, myself included, were like, I can only pray for like 15 to 20 minutes at a time, like max. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, I want to do it. I really do. But it just feels intimidating. And, you know, I just don't know if I can. 
And now so many people have told us, including me, like if I can't pray for a whole hour, man, it just feels like rushed. It's just not enough. Like almost like my soul has like lengthened. And um, that's just like such an amazing testimony of just this last few years and this increase in passion in our church. And I just have to say personally for me, all those prayer nights that me and Josh, my husband, went to um, and have gone to over the last few years and all these hours and hours of prayer that I've done because of these initiatives that we've started, it is so precious to me. And I wouldn't give it up for anything in the world, even if I could. Like, it's just like, I can't really think of something that is as influential in my spiritual life as this has been. Mm. It's just so amazing and I know we hear stories about that all the time if each of us could have time today which we won't do we could probably all share a story of how this has impacted our lives and I know so many of you could as well and so with that um, I hope that we continue to hear stories like that I hope that in the future each and every one of you I was praying that this morning gets to have an experience like that at some point um, and so with that hope that I have and we have for all of you if you would repeat after me and say passionate devotion Okay, our next value is courageous faith. And it says, we are high faith. God can do anything, people. So we courageously trust God for provision, breakthrough, miracles, and healing. Amen. Oh, man, I love this value, courageous faith. I mean, I think it's because, I mean, I love them all. But this one is one that gets me fired up because I want to live this way. And when I think about the stories in the scriptures that just sort of like speak to us, right? The stories like, oh, Daniel and the lions then, or Peter stepping out of the boat and walking on water, or, or who knows, like Moses going to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go, or Jesus even walking to the cross. Every one of these stories, they speak to us so much for, for so many reasons, but one of those is because it's an act of courage and an act of faith. And, and, and I think we're inspired by that. We want to see that. We want to live that. We know that's what Jesus is calling us to. And I want to tell a story about the things that are going on in our church that surround and, and begin with courage and faith. And I want to introduce you if you don't already know them, but this is Aaron and Jessica Lewis. And yeah, this is such a great photo, by the way. It's really good, really, really good. Um, but anyway, the, these, two, these two girls, I mean, they're so amazing. But back in 2020, um, during the elevated political and kind of racial tension going on in our country, these two felt God calling them to something that would be an act of courageous faith. And their words is that God was calling them to an act of radical racial reconciliation. And they said God was calling to be a bridge between the white and the black communities and different ethnicities. And they had been uh, in, a, in a black church there pretty much for a while. And they thought, you know what, God's calling us to go to a, an all white or at least mostly white church. <laughs> That's us. And uh, uh, <clears throat> they had a connection with Scott and Angie and they talked to them and, and, and they ended up coming here. And their, their words to me were that, um, you know, there was going to be a season for them that they were going to have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't know if that translates to you or if you understand how big of a deal it is, kind of what they've done, um, but there's a work that's happening in our church right now that's a spirit-birthed movement from people who've taken courageous steps to be a bridge builder like Aaron and Jessica. Yeah. They're not alone. Yeah. Some, of the, some others in this room are, that, are those people as well. And we're so thankful for it because something's going on in our church right now that we look around and you're like, okay, this isn't the same church we used to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in a world where birds of a feather flock together, I'm so thankful that we're in a church right now where we're seeing the community of God come together yeah. to reflect the cre his creation the way it's supposed to look. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm also thankful that, you know, that we, we prayed from the beginning that this would be a community that reflects its community, or, or, or a church that reflects its community. And, and, and we're so thankful it's coming. We have a long ways to go, but to look around and to see a natural, organic work of the Spirit happening that I believe happened from the origin points with people like Jessica and Aaron saying, I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to take a step of faith that God's calling me to something. And how many know that that's pretty hard to do? Because especially when you show up to someplace that's very different and you feel a little different and it's amongst a whole bunch of tension going on in the world and you're called to a mission that you can't tell anybody about. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's beautiful. And I'm so thankful that those kinds of stories are happening and this church is being changed by it. And so if you're with me in that and you're saying, like, I want to be a person of courageous faith, would you say right now, say courageous faith. Yes, so our next value is spiritual family. We reject an individualized faith and trust in a spiritual family doing life together as a better way to live. We are better together. That's so good. I feel like some of these need like a cheer or something, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Maybe a dance move from you? <laughs> oh, it's in there. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad to be sharing about this because it's something that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, I love the idea of spiritual family, and I love our church family. Who else loves our church family? Woo! Yeah, it's so good. Um, I love hearing stories of how people say they really feel like this is home. Um, I want to show you a picture, and the, it should be on the screen, but the first, um, at the beginning of this church, when we first opened in 2015, the very first um, sign we had on the window uh, where it now says love your city was there's no place like home and it was really just our heart um, that people would enter this place and feel immediately like they were home we, it was something we prayed about a lot we wanted it to not only be a building uh, where people felt like they could come to to receive healing and, and be in community with one another but um, for it to be a place where the people felt like family and um, they felt like that could come here and find unity with others. In Acts 2, there's a beautiful picture that talks about all believers coming together to pray and worship and to share with those in need. It also says we should share meals and break bread every day. In other words, being a family, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that look like for us? Uh, we think that it means doing things like being great at hospitality, throwing dinner parties for our neighbors, loving our city, meeting in one another's homes, caring for one another's needs, and loving each other the best way we know how. Um, Tim and I often think about the prayer that we prayed, and, um, and we really feel like the Lord has just continually answered that prayer over and over again. Um, he's, there's just a tangible way of life um, here at OKC Community that we feel like is spiritual family. Um, we hear stories all the time over and over again of when people come into this place in the hallway after church or after next step, they'll say, um, I don't know how to describe it, but this place just felt like home from the moment I walked through the doors. And we've literally heard even so many times uh, that it just feels like family. Um, we're talking about this as a team this week, and there was literally a couple this week that Tim met with that said that, that they came here looking for a place to call home, and it just felt like that the first time they walked through the doors. Um, so I have a question for all of you guys, and how many of you can raise your hand and say that that was your experience here at OKC Community? Anybody? Raise your hand. Yeah. It's just such a huge blessing and gift from the Lord. Um, 
and we feel like it's so amazing um, and a gift that he's given us. And so we know not everyone here feels that maybe quite yet, but that is our prayer for you that, that you would feel that way eventually. Um, and we want it for you. So everyone say with me, spiritual family, spiritual, spiritual family. family. Our six value is doing things that matter. And we say it this way. We know that what we do matters. So we live, love, lead, and dream about the things that matter most. Man, doing things that matter, I love this value. I could talk about it all the time. Um, if we're choosing favorites, we're not. But if we were, um, it would definitely be up there. If you've been around our church for any amount of time at all, you've probably heard us say this phrase. It is a value that has been foundational to this church since day one. We talk about it a lot. Tim has written a book about it. There is a devotional on you version that you can read about it. Um, this is like our OG value, you guys. This is important. And the heart behind doing things that matter is that we not only want to be people who have a high faith, but we also want to be a group of people that actually go out and do the things that Jesus has called us to do, right? We want to push past the walls of normalcy. We don't want to get stuck going through the motions of life that so often we can get stuck in, right? Because we truly believe that what we do matters. Now, we have honestly so many stories. Like, literally, when we were sitting around brainstorming for all of these values, and especially this one, like, you guys have incredible stories of the ways that you serve the kingdom. And so we could talk about this all day, but I'm going to highlight a couple for you who really embodies this value. So I want to introduce you to Chelsea and Brian Bytel. Yes. <laughs> Like other stories that are mentioned today, I, I hope, like, from the bottom of my heart that you get to hear every detail of their story from them one day because it is truly one of the most inspiring stories of life change that you will ever hear. It's been inspiring me since I've met them. But after years of experiencing addiction and violence and darker things than most of us have ever walked through, Chelsea and Brian found themselves incarcerated. If you spend about 10 seconds with either of them, they will tell you that this is the best thing that ever happened to them. <laughs> they were actually lucky to be in prison because it saved their life. While there, both of them encountered Jesus in a way that was undeniable. They began reading the Bible and God radically saved them both and changed their lives forever. Since getting out a few years ago, God has continued this transformational work in their lives, and they have now dedicated their lives doing all that they can to serve Jesus. They spend hours every week in prisons. They are talking to people about Jesus, helping people who have the same story as they do. Chelsea's leading a small group, and they're also some of the most invitational people you will ever meet. Like... <laughs> If you want to know where they are in the room, they have a whole section of people that they hey, have brought with them. <laughs> Literally, Brian told me that they're, they're trying to buy a house right now, and they're in the process of doing that, and he invited their loan officer to church. <laughs> I was like, I can't even tell you mine's name, but okay. Um, that's good. That's good. I'm on TikTok too much. Um, anyway, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Um, they also just told us that they just finished reading Tim's book, and it really challenged them to do even more than they were already doing. So they started baking cookies for their neighbors. They can literally rattle off every single one of their names, tell you where they work, what they do, and they've invited most of them to church as well. I was talking with them the other day, and I was just telling them how much they have inspired me. And they looked back at me, and they said, you know, there's just so much to do. And after all that God has done for us, we just want to do as much as we can for him. And I love that. And that's really, truly what this value is all about. That's what we mean when we say doing things that matter. We don't want to be a people who just talk about the things that God has done for us or just talk about the things that God has called us to do. We want to go out and do it, right? Yeah. So everyone, last one, say it with me. Doing things that matter. That's good. That's so good. So I don't think it is a mystery, but why are we talking about this? Well, we're talking about it, first of all, I'm right off of that point, like, because it matters, right? Like, stories truly matter. Like, and here's what I love about it is I love stories of miraculous healing and God providing at the right moment. And it's like these huge, big God stories. But I mean, there's something really, really powerful about lives that are just living out the ways of Jesus, that are just living a, living a story of things that, that truly do matter. And for us to be able to look across the body of Christ, to look at our church and go, wow, it is just littered with all sorts of ways in which we are living out these values. Are we perfect? Have we arrived? Have we figured it all out? Of course not. We're trying to be the church the best way we know how, which does not mean we're going to be the best. It just means we're going to give God our best. We asked that silly question at the beginning, if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, what would they be? That kind of feels impossible for probably most of us. But I don't know about you, but I actually do remember a life where I had zero apps. You guys remember that? Yeah, it was like, it, was, it really happened. I know it's hard to believe, but we all lived a life with zero apps. And, and when I think about that, I'm just thinking like, there's this, there's this idea of saying, how can we narrow the focus to the things that are most important? And as a church, that's what we've tried to do with these six values. Is if we had to narrow the focus of what's most important, if we had to delete a whole bunch of stuff and just say, if we do this well, we're doing the things that Jesus called us to do. And that's, that's what we as a church are saying, we want to live that. And we're inviting you to live that as well. And when I say to live the values, it, it really, is, it kind of has two ways of responding to it. The first one is an invitation. It's an invitation to a way of life. It's saying, hey, do you want, do you have stories like this? Do you have stories of extravagant love? Do you have stories of reaching people? Do you have stories of doing things that matter? Do you have stories of spiritual family? Do you have stories of passion? Do you have those stories in your life? I have to ask myself, do I have those stories? Can I tell those stories? And if you do, great, we, we tell them. I'll talk about that in a minute. But if we don't, it's an invitation to say, but do you want to have those stories? It's an invitation to a way of life. Do you want these stories? Then come on. There's a whole bunch of us that are trying to become this. It's about who are you becoming? Everyone say become. That question drives us in life. Who are we becoming? Are we telling the stories that we want to tell? And you got to ask yourself, not just about your church, but about your life. It's really easy to say, oh, my church or my organization or my job or whatever. It's about your life. The second way, Lisa, so one way is it's an invitation. The second way is it's an encouragement it's an encouragement to tell your stories. So let's say you have stories. Well, then you better tell them. 
Because what did God say to, to, or what did Jesus say? He says, hey, go and tell what God has done for you. Go and tell that story. Go tell the stories of what God has done for you, God has done in you, God has done through you. Go tell those stories. So it's an invitation for some of us to start telling those stories because those stories, the power of the testimony is infectious, it's contagious. Someone hears a story about what God's doing, just like you just heard today, you're gonna be fired up, you're gonna be ready to go. You're like, man, the team is moving. We're actually making progress, moving the ball down the field. This is it. We are in the midst of God's work. I need more stories. You need more stories. Tell your stories. So it's two things, right? It's two things. It's an invitation to a way of life and it's encouragement to start telling your story. The ways that God has moved in you, the things that he has done for you. And I have one more story and they don't even know about it. I'm, su I'm surprising everybody with this story. I'm gonna show you a picture. This is going on right now, today, this morning. This is one of our connect groups, Estudio Biblico. You know, I just talked about a few minutes ago about the diversity and the ethnicities and the things that are going on in this church. Well, a couple years ago, a couple years ago through Alpha, Luis Diaz, he started an Alpha group for Spanish-speaking Alpha group. And it was like this bridge, right? And people just started flooding across that bridge. And we've had so many people coming across that bridge, coming into our church. Some of them don't even speak English and they'll sit in this church and they go, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here because the Holy Spirit is here. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you going to do? And then they go, they go on Sunday night and they talk about it. They talk about what God's doing. And so this group right here, they're not at church today. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with them? Instead, instead they said, hey, you know what? God's moving in our group and a bunch of people want to get baptized. So we're going to a lake today. We're going to a lake today. And they're going to have a party. It was like 30 or 40 people are about to show up. They sent me this picture at 1025. I was like, you got to get it to me before 1030. And I was like, give me that picture before 1030. So they sent it to me. And here's the deal, they're getting six people baptized today in the lake. You see, God's movement, his story, it's worth telling, right? It fires us up. It's like, no, like with God, like we don't have much power. You understand that? Like we, we as a person in our flesh, we, we are limited. But in the spirit with God, we get to be a part of things in which we're like, I can't wait to tell you about what God is doing. It's amazing. It's powerful. And sometimes we forget about it because we minimize, we reduce, we, we, we act like things are coincidence and it's like, no, 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 that's God moving. He has you here for a reason. And it's not just to sit in a seat. It's not just to have a few friends. It is to be a part of the most powerful force the world has ever known, the church of Jesus Christ. It is supposed to go and push back darkness. It's supposed to go and reach the ends of the earth. And so we get to be a part of that. And so when we say live the values, it's not just a bunch of words we put on a website so people can go, oh, okay, yeah, I think I align with their, uh, their way of doing things. No, it's not about that. It's about, it's about a vision to say, who are we becoming? Because who we're becoming, man, that says everything. It says we are not yet done. We are not fully there yet. We are working out our salvation. We are pursuing Jesus with all that we have, and we are going for it with Christ. And so if you're wondering, what's this church about? This church is about this. We want to be a church that brings life to this city. What's life? It's Jesus. Jesus is life. He says that I have come that I may give you life and give it to the full. So we have come as a church into the city. We've been called here. We've planted this church here. We're meeting in this building. We're doing all this kind of stuff. We're in a theater, right? We're in this theater. And this is not a show. See, you come into a theater and we think, oh, I'm supposed to sit back and watch the show. That's not what this is. 
we happen to be in a theater, but we're, we're transforming it. We're transforming it into a body that comes in here and we participate together and not something that happens on a stage and that we consume. But no, we are not lining up into a line to get our thing from the buffet. What we're doing is we're joining together to be the workmanship of Christ in this world for his sake and for his purpose. Are y'all with me today? Are y'all with us today? So here's the deal, here's the deal. We believe, we believe, we believe, not only are we here to bring life to the city, but we're here to be the church. Be the church, not go to church, not watch the church, not think about the church, not judge the church. You see, we judge the church all the time, but here's the thing, the church is made up of people who are imperfect, but there is a perfect person in the church and it's called Jesus. And so Jesus is the head of the church. That's who we worship. We don't worship people. We don't worship, we don't worship performance. What we worship is Jesus Christ. And so when we come together, when we come together, we come together to be the church. The best way we know how. You know what? I haven't figured it out yet. That's why we added that line. The best way we know how. I only know so much today. I can only do so much, but I'm going to do it my very best. I'm going to give God my very best. And guess what? Because of the person I'm becoming, the person, because of the person we're becoming, you're becoming, we're going to know more in the future. We're going to evolve. We're going to transform. We're going to be better in the future because we're becoming. Are you all with me? Yeah. You all want to pray? We have two questions on the screen. I want you to pray a little differently today. And the questions are this. Which value are you thankful for today? And which value do you feel invited to live? And what that means is, what value have you experienced? And you're just thankful, God, thank you that I've experienced your extravagant love. Thank you that I've experienced the life in which I've been growing in my passion. Thank you, that, thank you for that value today. You, may not, you might be new to this church, but you've experienced those values. And the second one is, where do you feel invited to live? You're like, man, I don't have any stories about that one, but I sure want it. I sure want that story. What's the, what's the value that you feel invited into today? So I want you to take some time. We're gonna give you two minutes or so. And you're just gonna pray on your own. I'm gonna, we're all gonna kind of get out of the way. You're just gonna pray over those two questions. Darcy's gonna sing over you, but you can just stay seated. seated. Just stay seated. Just pray on these things as the song sings over you today. Let the Holy Spirit rest on you. As you just sit, bask in his presence, pray to him. Would you bow your heads? God, we give you these moments. They're yours. We praise you as King and Lord. Thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, come right now into this moment of prayer. Move in our hearts. Draw us close. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Just take a few moments. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Pray those things. What are you thankful for? What are you feeling invited into? We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.